0: If you would grab your Bibles tonight, we'll dive right into this. Uh, turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter number ten. Gospel of Luke, chapter number ten tonight. And I'm going to uh, move right along, but I really believe God has something for us. Luke chapter ten, and we'll start our reading in verse number thirty-eight. Luke chapter ten, verse thirty-eight. <coughs> Bible says, Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet, and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about, much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister... Hath left me to serve alone. Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But this, but one thing, is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. This I, I understand. We've uh, in this passage here. Uh, Is definitely a familiar passage, and I'm thankful that we have this passage here because it, it speaks to us in such a way that if we're not careful, we can allow our service uh, for God to become more important than our Savior himself. And, and uh, really, just for the next few minutes, I want to preach on this thought tonight. Don't let your service replace your Savior. Don't let your service replace your Savior. With that, we'll get uh, Let's have one more word of prayer, Father. We do thank you tonight that we are able to come and meet together. Still, Lord, uh, with all that's going on this year, Lord, it's been so uh, distracting. It's been so pulling us different ways, directions. Father, I know that many in here are so busy, uh, Lord, with the daily task of life, and then also uh, just making time to come to your house tonight. And Lord, I pray that you bless them for it. Lord, tonight we just need to hear from you, and we don't want to go through the motions, just, just show up, because that's what we've always done. We pray that the Holy Spirit of God would have free reign in our hearts. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to each and every person here tonight, deal with each and every issue in our life. Lord, you can meet needs in here that are represented that we could never even touch. And so, Lord, I pray that you would have your will in your way. We sure love you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus has just talked to a lawyer in verse 25 and has, has given the parable of the Good Samaritan. And uh, as he gives that parable, he now leaves that, that situation, that man, and we get down to verse 38, which we read, and now it came to pass. And, and, uh, and as you get into verse 38, he says this. There's a, there's a word used twice in verse 38. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty important. And it says that he entered into a certain village... And a certain woman. Uh, and you say, well, what's the big deal with the word certain? Well, it, it's, a, it's a big deal because <clears throat> he sought out specifically her. Uh, the word certain there uh, has the, has the uh, thought of uh, it's, it actually means a particular person or thing, uh, a distinct individual. And I'm just, I'm just thankful for this tonight that God sought me out individually and loved me, even, who, even though uh, he knew who I was, he knew where I'd been in life. I'm thankful for a God who is a personal God, amen? I'm thankful for a God who wants to meet with me each and every day and have a personal relationship. Uh, and so what is happening is Jesus is now left. He has his disciples with him. He enters into this certain village, and this, uh, this woman named Martha receives him into her house. Uh, now, you got to kind of put yourself in the situation, as we always try to do when we read God's Word, is to remember and, 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 and just picture yourself there. Now, if Jesus shows up, it's good, he's going to bring some people with him. Uh, he's not going to just be by himself. In fact, many times he was trying to escape a lot of the crowds because they got so big. And now Jesus has showed up on the scene and he's, uh, he's entered into this house of, of a woman named Martha. And, and I can't help but think that there's probably a, uh, some people heard about it and are starting to come in the house. Uh, and so I remember last year, and I always had to bring something up about this, but uh, uh, we went to Israel, and, and, and I remember as we stayed in the house, uh, this, this huge concrete house on the bottom half of it was where the uh, brother John Sasser, the missionary, had rented out, and uh, the, uh, the landlords lived on top, and we were invited up two or three different evenings, and we got to sit up on top of the, uh, of the house, and, and you say, what do you mean on top? Well, it's it, just like you heard in Bible times when, they, when they, their living room is literally outside pretty much. Uh, they, a lot of their houses have outs- like kind of like an outdoor deck area, but it's all concrete. And uh, they go out there and they gather out there. And you, you might see 20, 30, 40 people on, on a house. And, and in the evenings, that's a lot of what they did. They get together, they fellowship, they talk. And I can't help but wonder if that's what happened here. So Martha now has invited Jesus into her, into her house. What a picture of salvation, amen? Uh, you remember the day that you invited Jesus Christ into your life? Uh, the day that he revealed himself to you and, and showed you that you were a sinner, that you didn't need him. And uh, you remember that day when uh, it was just uh, overwhelming to understand that there's a God that still loved me even though I've done so much, and you received him into your house. You say, what are you talking about? Your temple, right? Uh, when Jesus moves, when, when, when God speaks to your heart and you understand what Jesus did, the Holy Spirit of God moves in to your house. And, and now it's what a picture of salvation here that Martha receives Jesus Christ into her house. Verse 39 says, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Not only has she received him into her house, that now she's sitting at his feet with her sister Mary. Both of them were sitting at Jesus' feet at one time. And what a precious thought. Could you imagine sitting at the feet of Jesus physically? I'm mean, all, That's all I can do is imagine that. It's to try to picture it in my head is to actually meet Jesus Christ in, in his physical form when he was on the earth. What an awesome thing that would have been. And to, to maybe to maybe hear about him all those months or years and, and to know the Messiah now is here and to, to hear word that he's in Martha's house and to make plans to bring the family over, to introduce yourself to Jesus, God himself. Wouldn't that have been an awesome thing? And to walk in, maybe excited, walk through the house, go up on top of the roof, hang the corner there and, and actually Put your eyes on God himself. I, I think that would be an awesome thing. And, and so uh, we see here, though, that Jesus, uh, he, he's teaching. And he, and everywhere he went, he always taught and he preached. And, and so now he's, he's teaching, uh, possibly on top of the roof house here. And, and, and there's many people around. And at, at the beginning, Mary and Martha are at his feet. That's a good place to be, at the feet of Jesus. Well, we need to be there each and every day, don't we? You say, well, you know, it's, uh, that, that can be hard. Yes, it can be, but it's necessary if you, want a, if you want a productive Christian life. If you want a life that's not boring, just showing up for church, just going through the motions, uh, you, you, need to, you need to spend time with God each and every day. And if we could go around even this morning and say, hey, what did you read in your Bible this morning? Uh, what did you get out of that? What did God speak to you through prayer time and through your, your reading? What would you say even, to, even tonight? Uh, It's so important to have that personal daily walk with God. And I know you hear that all the time. You already know all that, but it's just good for us to be reminded. Amen? And so now we we see the picture of salvation. We see a picture of a walk with God in verse 39. They're sitting and hearing the words of God. When we get to verse number 40, the Bible says, but Martha was cumbered about much serving. Many times after we get saved and we spend time with Jesus Christ, and, uh, and, and we, we can't get enough of the words of Jesus Christ. And we dive headlong into being, doing, uh, following the word of God and, and, uh, and, and, and the service of God, not just in the church, but realizing, well, I'm a father. I'm, I need to love my wife right. I need to get, uh, provide for my family, protect my family. And we just get busy with the service of life unto our Lord. A lot of times we get cumbered with the heavy load that we've taken upon ourselves and God never put that load on us. And the reason why we get cumbered and weighed down is because we leave the feet of Jesus, and we get real busy for Him, but we don't spend time with Him anymore. What a danger that is. And I could could venture to say we could all raise our hand tonight and, and, and say, I've been there, or maybe even I'm there tonight where it just seems like I'm going through the motions, and it seems like, yes, I'm active, and yes, I'm inviting people to church, and yes, I'm doing all these things, but my, I've, just, I've left that sweet, uh, precious time with my Savior each and every day. I, I don't feel like I'm at his feet anymore. It feels like when I go to church, I don't hear from him when the pastor gets up and preaches. And, and boy, I long for that again. Well, it just might be that you're busy for God in his service, but you've left him. And it's so easy to do it's 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 so easy to do if we're not careful and so uh you think you say, well brother Jim, what's that word what's that word mean? Well, we'll get to that in just a minute, but just looking at at Martha and Mary, they used to sit at the feet of Jesus, both of them used to hear the word of God, but now Martha has become overloaded now, I, I don't know how it all went. I just wonder if Maybe uh, people started coming over and she started getting busy. It's her house and so she's going to start serving and she's going to start being a, a good host. And she's, she's doing all these things, maybe some things she didn't even need to do. But now she, the word cumber just means she has a heavy load upon her. And she's left the feet of Jesus and she's, she's pretty upset about it. <clears throat> If we're not careful, I, just, I can tell you this, that there are some things that happen when we leave the feet of Jesus. I want to look at a couple tonight, just for a couple minutes here, but uh, number one, if we leave the feet of Jesus, <clears throat> it won't be long. It'll cause you to be distracted. It'll cause you to be distracted. You say, where do you see that? Well, verse number 40 says, but Martha was cumbered about much serving. The word cumbered there, kind of mentioned it a second ago, it, it has these meanings, to be troubled. To load, to crowd, to hinder. It also means to distract, to be distracted. And, and boy, this is so fitting. As I'm studying this, I, I look at my own life and, and realize this. There's just times, and this is in, 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 in uh, putting this into per, perspective, there's times I just need to say no to some things so I can be effective in some other things for the Lord. Right? You don't have to say yes to every single thing that comes by your way. There's times that we're just, some of us, we just feel obligated. We got to do everything everybody asks. I'm just saying this tonight. It might be you need to back up and say, Lord, what would you have me to do? What, what should I be involved in? Where Every part of the service that I'm, as a husband, as a father, as a leader in my church, as an evangelist, and, and what we do, we're traveling. Am I, am I perfectly in your will? Am I doing something I shouldn't be doing? Is it hindering my, my walk with you? Because if we're not careful, we get so overloaded, so cumbered that we're distracted from actually spending time with the one we're supposed to be serving. And we're just running with our head cut off, doing a whole bunch of stuff, but really not accomplishing much. I know I've been there. I believe many of you have as well, where you're so busy that you just get distracted. And then when you come to church and you have a service like this, and Brother Marshall gets up and he preaches a spot-on message, and you see people excited and they're shouting "Amen!" and you're looking over at them like, "Would you just shut up and quiet down a little bit?" You know, uh, you know what I'm saying? Have you ever been in there? Oh yeah, we've all been there to where you're wondering, why are they so excited where well, they're spending time at Jesus' feet? They're excited about it. When they hear something good and pastor's preaching, and boy, it's exciting, boy, but they can't help but say amen. They can't help but, uh, uh, you know, I see Mrs. Helen She'll wave a hanky every now and then. What an encouragement. Why? Why are they excited and I'm not? Well, sometimes it's because you've been so cumbered down with the load that you put on yourself. You're distracted. And you don't hear from the Lord like you should. Oh, it, it's a very real thing to be distracted. But the problem with being distracted is a lot of times it distracts other people. It's kind of a connection thing. And, and there's been times, and I have to admit, I might look over at someone, maybe Brother Brett, and he's looking at something up there. He's got something. I can't figure it out. <laughs> I start looking up there. What is he looking at? <laughs> now, we're we're making jokes, but you know what I'm saying about this. If we're not careful, we can get distracted. And when we're distracted, we can pull others away from God as well. It reminds me of, of uh, <clears throat> distractions in the church. You think about the passage, in, and this is actually a serious passage in Acts chapter 20, where you have the man sitting on the, in the window. And Paul's preaching a good message, but it's a little long, right? For, for, for him, apparently, and the man falls asleep and falls out of the window and dies. And, of course, uh, God uses Paul, and he gets over there, and and, and uh, he recovers. The Lord either heals him or brings him back. I can't remember exactly how it went, but I, I do know this. The service stopped. <laughs> That'd probably stop our service, wouldn't it? I would say that's a distraction. I would say that's a distraction. I'm just saying this tonight, that if we get cumbered down too much, and we get uh, bringing all this, all these things that we must do, and, and I'm not saying not to be busy, uh, we ought to be busy. We ought to be doing everything we're supposed to do, right? And I, but pastor always says this: we ought to be busy, but we also ought to have a walk with God. And while we're busy, we're doing it with God, not just for God. Uh, and there's a big difference there. We need Him by our side. We need Him strengthening us each and every day. And if we're not careful, uh, if we if we're not careful, we'll do this: when we we'll we'll, we'll let's see, we'll replace our service with the Savior. Instead of, instead of following him, we'll, we'll just be focused on our service. And when we do that, number one, we'll get distracted. You say, how do we deal with that? Look, look at Hebrews chapter 12 real quick with me. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number one. Brother Jim, I don't want to be distracted. I'd fight and deal with this all the time. I come in, I'm worn out, I'm just distracted so much, my, my mind's not on what it needs to be. I got some problems I brought into this church house even tonight. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. I'll let you get there. I want you to see this familiar verse. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every, what? Weight. Lay aside the weight. And the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. How important it is it to lay aside those weights? Well, it's very important because you're not going to run the race for Christ the way you need to if you're cumbered down with the load. That, that, remember, that word cumbered literally means to be distracted, to take your focus off of, of, of the Lord. So not only will you, well, it will cause you to be distracted, but look in uh, verse number 40 again. It says, But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? You'll be distracted. You also, it will also cause you to be doubtful. You'll start doubting God's plan and what he's doing in the church or even in your own life. <clears throat> We've seen people who are distracted and we've seen how it pulls them away and, 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 uh, and, and they're so busy for God but yet don't, uh, don't have that close relationship and we've experienced it ourselves. But I have to say, and I hate to say it, but I have to say, I, there's times I've been so busy for God uh, that I, and, and when problems arise, I don't have that close walk with him, I start to doubt his plan. I start to doubt that what's going on right now, God, you, you see I'm busy working for you. You see I'm doing all these things. How come you ain't bringing somebody else to help me out? How come there there's no other help in the church to do this or to do that? Well, it just might be that God knows that already. He's, his plan's perfect. It's, it's going to all work out if we just follow him. But what we've got to do is we've got to remember the story that Jesus, when he talked to, to John, remember the story, or excuse me, it was... Uh, John, the end of the end of the Gospel of John, where he's talking to Peter, and Peter's looking around at everybody else. What about him? What about them? What's going on with him? How's he going to end up in the rest of his life? At the end of his life, Jesus looks at Peter and says, "This simply, you worry about you. I've got a plan for him. I've got a plan for them. You just worry about you." Just worry about serving me and doing it for the right reason. And, and so I'm telling you, there's so many times that if we get so bogged down with, with, uh, with being busy for God that we start to doubt when things start happening, uh, if we're not careful. This is, what I've, this is what I've realized as a Christian is whether I trust or doubt God, it's a reflection on my walk with Him. If I'm trusting God, that's a reflection on my walk with God. When times are hard and I don't fully understand everything and, and God's br- allowing things to come into my life and I'm thinking, Lord, I, I don't get this. Uh, if I trust him, that means I'm, I'm, I'm spending time with him like I should. But I realize this, every time I get away from him and I, get, I stay busy, oh, I'm still doing everything I was, but my walk with him, my spending time at his feet starts to, starts to take a toll. I start doubting him. Things start happening, I start doubting. And, and boy, I tell you, if we're not careful, we'll not only be distracted, we'll start doubting the plan of God in our life. And I, I'll be honest with you, we've all seen it. I hate to, hate to see it, but there's people that have quit on God because they doubted God's plan. They didn't want to stay in church. They didn't want to trust the Lord, Go, just, just allow God to work this thing out. No, they get bitter and they get, uh, and they get doubtful to God. Uh, and, and, and we remember the story in John chapter 20, uh, verse 25. It talks about doubting Thomas. You remember him? Uh, and how Thomas, he said this, uh, uh, everybody's saying Jesus is back, and, and uh, he, he, he did what he said he would do. He rose from the grave, and, and he says, no, nah, I'm not going to believe it until I, what, put my hand in his side until I can see the nail prints in his hands. Uh, I'm not going to believe it. What was he doing? He was doubting. Jesus already said he was going to do all that. He said he was going to come back. He's he's gonna rise from the grave. He's gonna he's gonna see him again one day, but Thomas was just doubting. Why? Because he left the feet of Jesus. So tonight we cannot only be distracted, we can not only be doubtful, but thirdly, tonight, this will happen as well, it will cause us to be discouraged. This one's a big one. If there's anything that seems to take more people out of church And away from God is discouragement. Say, well, where's that at? Well, verse 41 says this And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. The word careful there is the same definition of the word careful in, in, in uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. And it just simply means to have anxiety, to be worried, to, fret, to be fretting over something that you don't have control over. And, uh, and I believe if there's ever a time, ever a year, <laughs> especially since I've been alive, that people have been more worried about things. I'm not saying it's not real, okay? I'm not saying that. But it's, there's a lot going on. There's a whole lot going on. And, it, and it, if we're not careful and we're just busy about the things of God and we're going to, oh, I'm going to stay faithful and keep doing the things God wants me to do, but you don't spend time with Him at His feet, you'll, you'll get to a place where you can be discouraged. Why? Because things don't seem to be turning out the way you think that will be turning out. And, 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 and discouragement is a very real thing. And, and Jesus, He confronts, Martha, and he even calls her name out twice. It's like he's trying to make sure she, re- she hears what he's going to say. Thou art careful. Thou art worried. D- uh, thou art, uh, he's saying you're so worried. You're so, you got so much anxiety. And it says, and troubled about many things. Uh, the word troubled here, it, it, the word, it, it means discouraged is what it means. And discouraged just simply means do, it's deprived of courage and confidence. Depressed in spirit. I hate seeing God's people discouraged. And, and it ought to make us pray for our brother and sister in Christ even so much the more if you see them discouraged. Because I, I mean, it, it angers me so much. It's a righteous anger towards stinking sin and the devil. Have, this church house would be three times as full with people we love that have left because I got discouraged. Aggravates me so much. I know we can't physically fight anything. I wish I could, but you, know, you can't. It's a spiritual warfare. And I have to realize this, that that discouragement, though, is so real. And maybe tonight you've walked in, and maybe one of these three things you're, you're having to deal with even tonight. Maybe there's something that has distracted you uh, from, from being at the feet of Jesus. If we looked at your life and we could, we could follow you around every day, we'd see you busy for God, but there wouldn't be some time at his feet. And it's gotten you distracted. It may be even gotten you doubting the plan of God for your life, or even thirdly tonight, and possibly the worst thing is to be so discouraged that you just feel like quitting and giving up. If you would, turn in your Bibles to Philippians 4 real quick with me. Philippians chapter 4, one of my favorite passages because it deals with discouragement, it deals with things of this nature. Verse number 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, Rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. And then he says this, be careful for nothing. Uh, It's been a while, but I preached out of this passage before. You probably already know that phrase and what it means, but it literally means this, don't worry about one thing. Worry is what careful means. And he says, nothing, I'm pretty sure we we all understand what nothing means. There's nothing to worry about. Why? Because he's in control. He is in control, by the way. Even when you don't see his hand moving, he is in control. It says, be careful for nothing, but it doesn't stop there. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Man, this is so important right here. How do I deal with discouragement? Brother Jim, I, I walked into this place tonight. I'm wearing a smile, but there's just some things going on that I can't tell anybody or maybe some people know, and I, I'm just feeling discouraged about it. It's kind of down, and, and my spirit just seems low, and I feel like I've just gotten beat down from it. I don't know how to deal with the problem, don't know where to, where to take it. I'm just telling you tonight, he says here, that we're to, we don't have to worry about it. You can bring it before God, what? Through prayer you got to do it through prayer. And so prayer is what? Prayer is the avenue by which we communicate with God. Supplication is that is that request that you're wanting to give to him. And then he says that, though, not just doing that, do it with thanksgiving. You say, what do you mean thanksgiving? I, I personally believe this, and the Bible says it. I mean, but I, but I believe that it says in everything, give thanks. That means in 2020, thank you, Lord, for 2020. I mean, I don't. I don't see anywhere in the Bible where anybody could argue that point. Literally everything. doesn't mean I, I want it to happen again. It just means this. God allowed it. I'm supposed to be thankful for it. Why? Because he's doing a work in my life through all this mess, through everything that's going on this year, and even, even, uh, uh, even, even at the death of some friends and some people we know, and even in our church. And Brother Tom was a blessing. Every time I would come in from a meeting, He'd just shake my hand and say he's praying for me. I miss him so bad. He's way better off than we are. Way better off. But my Bible says this. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And then this is the verse I want to get at. Verse 7 says, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You come in here tonight and you're so discouraged, you're distracted, you're doubting God's plan, you're wondering, my goodness, I just want this year to get over. I, I want to get a new do over and I understand the-, the logic behind that. I'm just saying this tonight. If you're real busy in-, in life and you're working your job and you're trying to provide, trying to be the right husband, wife, child to your family, uh, and you're doing, you're-, you're active in church as much as we can do around here and, and, you're-, and you're-, you're trying to stay busy for God, just remember, don't just do the service but make sure you spend time at his feet. Uh, don't replace Christ with just service because it's not the same thing. And I, I think I've said this before, and, and you've heard it, and I've heard other people say it, is, uh, you know, if, if I just did things for Shelly and not with her, it wouldn't be a very good marriage. If I just said, oh, I'll see you here in a couple of years, I'm going to do a whole bunch of things for you, but I don't spend any time with her, That's not what she wants. She married me to spend time with her. God's no different. When we say we're going to be doing things for God, we're going to be busy for God, let's do it with him and not just for him. I'm telling you, it changes the whole outlook of life when you do it with him. And maybe tonight there's some here that have been distracted, cumbered with a load so heavy that you've put on yourself be a good time tonight just to come to an old-fashioned altar and say, Lord, I, I'm tired of carrying this weight. I'm just going to give it to you tonight. Maybe you're doubtful of God's plan and what he's doing in your life. Maybe your job's threatened, you're, you're, you know, something's going on, maybe it's a health issue in your life and you're wondering, God, why are you allowing this? Don't let, don't, don't get to a place where you doubt God's plan and you, and I, we've heard you can question God, but when you hear the answer, don't argue with God, amen? But not only that, maybe you're in here tonight and you're discouraged. It's just weighing you down. The same application applies to all three. Bring it before God tonight. Hey, this thing we're doing right now of having church is actually real. It's not just a formality we're supposed to go through. There is a God. If I didn't believe that, why would I take time and quit quit a job making good money and no, I believe it's true. I mean, it is true. I mean, he's changed my life. He's changed your life. If you're in here and you're saved tonight, you remember back when you got saved, when you invited him into your house and how he changed everything and how, how he's blessed you? Well, we ought to be thankful for that and, and, and be so thankful to the point that we don't just serve him to, because that's what everybody's going to look at. No, I want to spend time at his feet. We could have everybody stand tonight, heads bowed, eyes closed. We're going to have time of invitation. Very short, to the point message, but I believe this that God has spoken to my heart so much about just being real busy for Him, but having no real good relationship with Him. If God's spoken to your heart, I beg you to come before Him tonight. You can do it. We've got these old fashioned altars, many have already come. Maybe God spoke to you and said, you know what? You're too distracted, and you're too busy. You haven't been spending time with me. Maybe there's some here tonight that are just doubting God's plan, wondering, God, why are you doing this? And you question God so much that he can't work in your life. Or maybe you are discouraged to the point of just wanting to quit and give up. Well, we don't have to give up. We serve a God who we're on the winning side. Bring it before Him even tonight. Father, we come to You in the name of Jesus Christ, and I'm so thankful for our church. I'm so thankful, Lord, that You love us enough that we can sit at Your feet. You allow us to sit at Your feet to hear Your words. Lord, tonight I pray that I would not get so busy that I would leave hearing You just to be serving and being busy. I understand, Lord, we ought to be serving You, but let us not leave You In our service, help us to spend that quality time with you each and every day. We ask this in Christ's name, amen. The music plays.